Hey, it's my absolute privilege to share the message with you this morning. If you don't know me, my name is Andrea, and I would love to start by praying. So would you join me in prayer? Loving God, as we enter this time together now, would you help us to be still, to breathe deeply, and to recenter our scattered senses upon you? And Lord, we know that you are with us, you are in us, and you are for us today. So we ask that you would open our ears to hear you and our eyes to perceive you. Help us to not be distracted by what's going on in our world or around us today. So we offer you all that we're thinking and we're feeling right now. And we invite you to come and shape our souls today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, life is full of surprises and the unexpected. Has anybody noticed that? Yeah. (laughs) For example, Boxing Day. Our family was having dinner at a friend's house. Jonah was sitting up at the table devouring his caramel cheesecake, like who wouldn't like that? And then he started just not looking quite so good. Our family last year had been discussing the idea about getting a cat because we thought it'd be a good friend for Jonah and, you know, if you get a good one, they sit on your lap and they purr and they give you love and it's all wonderful, right? And yet I had this nagging feeling, this nagging memory of Jonah being itchy sometimes when he'd been around animals. So opportunity was before me. Our friends had a cat. So on the way over to the house, I said to Jonah, go stick your face in the cat and see if you're allergic. (laughs) What could go wrong? Like, honestly, I was thinking, worst case scenario, a little bit itchy. So we had a cuddle with Harry the purring cat. Apparently, though, Jonah was severely allergic to Harry. And what followed was a rash and tears and uncontrollable shaking and nausea tugging at his T-shirt, which apparently means they can't breathe properly. (laughs) Ah, Mother of the year. (laughs) Parents, don't do that. (laughs) Bad idea. Thankfully, the cat owner was also a nurse, so she knew what to do. An emergency trip to the hospital. Thankfully, we skipped the full waiting room. I think it was full of kids who had fallen off hoverboards and things the day before (laughs) at Christmas. And we just kind of got in, and then they wheeled my kid away. He was just kind of saying every now and again, not good, need help. (laughs) And I was locked out. When I eventually got back in to be with him, he was hooked up to machines, they had jabbed him with adrenaline, and he was starting to recover. So we spent that night in the paediatric ward. That was not our plan for that day. The next morning before they released us, we heard giggling. And around the corner walks the paediatrician and three of the nursing staff with a farewell gift for Jonah. (laughs) A knitted cat. (laughs) We've named him Harold and it's the only cat we'll be getting. Shout out there to um, our medical people too. They are amazing. We had such an exceptional experience there that night. Hindsight is a good thing, isn't it? It can be really valuable to us and we can learn so much from it. It would be silly for us to ignore what we've experienced and we've had revealed to us. I wonder how looking back can 
give us greater insight and different perspective as we look forward into the future, especially when we focus on the right things. So today, I want to look back at a few things to review them. So to start with, let's look back at Christmas. Why not? You thought it was over, didn't you? <laughs> How many of you have packed down your Christmas tree and your decorations now? Does anyone still have theirs up? Ah, yes, there's always a few. <laughs> we spent that season singing things like a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and the fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Do you see what I see? Some of us might have even managed to write some Christmas cards with cool Christmassy words. Did anyone actually do that last year? One person. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> that was Claudia, everybody. <laughs> she can write everyone's next year. <laughs> These words, the words in the carols, the words in the cards, do they actually mean anything? Are they still relevant to us in 2021? In Matthew 1, 23, we read this. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. When we look back to that first Christmas, what do we see? We see a time that was just shrouded in darkness and uncertainty. There was political turmoil, there was widespread poverty. The people were suffering under the oppressive rule of the people who were in charge at the time. Maybe not so different to some of what we see in our world today. The circumstances that Mary and Joseph found themselves in were less than um, ideal. But we read in Galatians 4.4 that when the time was right, God sent his son. When the time was right, light came, goodness came and hope came. But who noticed, in amidst all that was happening in that time, who noticed Emmanuel? The innkeeper was too busy to notice. Harold was too busy calling himself great. He was obsessed with power. He just saw Jesus as a threat to his throne. The people in Bethlehem just wanted things to go back to normal. And the religious leaders of the time were actually really complacent. They had all the needed knowledge, and yet they missed the arrival of Jesus. Even God provided a full celestial choir of angels heralding Jesus' birth. But only a few shepherds noticed that. Their response was beautiful. They went and shared the news and they praised and they glorified God. Mary noticed. Kind of hard not to, I guess. <laughs> no doubt, though, she was trying to make sense of the unfolding joy and yet all the confusion of what was happening in that time. But Luke tells us that she noticed the details, and she treasured these things, and she pondered them in her heart. The Magi noticed they were attentive foreigners. They saw the arrival of Jesus in the stars, and they followed that and travelled a long way to worship him. Simeon noticed in Luke 2, we see that the Spirit told Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He waited and he watched. And when his eyes fell on the baby Jesus in the temple courts, he recognised him straight away 
as the Messiah. Only a handful of souls saw what God was doing. A whole lot of people missed it. So what about 2020? Let's look back at that. It was a year that was, well, different. (laughs) Some of what was different was good. But there was a whole lot that felt like it had barged into our lives without invitation or permission, and it overstayed its welcome. So many people were looking forward to turning the page on 2020. A new calendar, a new year, leaving that yucky year behind. Phew. I heard it again and again. But can I say something that might be really unpopular here? Nothing magically changed on January the 1st, 2021. We're still dealing with a pandemic. We're still carrying our weariness. We're still recovering from decision fatigue. That's a real thing, by the way. Go Google it. We're still um, trying to navigate our way through the upheaval of our plans, through financial strain, through restrictions that just keep on changing. Church still isn't the same. And really, we don't know what's ahead of us. For some of you, this year may have been one of the most difficult ones you've experienced to date. And I know within our own beautiful church family here that there has been just so much hard. Some people have just been really incredibly lonely. Some of you have been diagnosed with cancer. Some of you have faced unexpected life-saving surgery. Some have lost jobs. Some have lost income. Some have lost housing. Some have lost loved ones. Many of us have been separated from the people that we loved dearly and at times that distance felt just unbearable. Some of you have weathered depression and anxiety and fear of the unknown. There's been relationship challenges, health challenges and situations that have been totally out of our control. It's been hard. If you resonate with 2020 as being one of the most difficult years you've experienced to date, I'm so sorry. And I pray that God will show you a glimpse of his light into the dark places of your heart for it to hear what it needs to hear. What difference did Emmanuel, God with us, make in that space? Did you notice? Or maybe you just need more time to take that in to fully see and to understand it. That verse from Matthew that we read earlier, she'll give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us is no small thing. But is it a verse that we've just grown so familiar with that it's lost its wonder on us now? Maybe we need to see that afresh. Maybe in the midst of the heartache and the loss and the unknown and the challenges and the darkness and the mess, that is exactly the reminder we need that God has not forgotten. Just as it was over 2,000 years ago into their darkness and their mess. That God is still active. That God chooses to come near with compassion and intention and with love. He sent Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord. Emmanuel came to be with us.
There's no depth of our lives that he's not already come to meet us. So then, here's a question for you. Is it possible that God with us transforms every aspect of our human experience into a place of encounter with the Holy One? Well, that's a really powerful thought. I would encourage you to perhaps ponder that one. One of the richest experiences I have had in understanding the reality of Emmanuel God with us involved looking back at reviewing the events of my life. It was an invitation a couple of years ago to write and to tell my story in my formation group. And I'd pondered bits of my story before. I had noticed things, but nobody had ever suggested that I look at my whole life story. So that was 45 years of it at that point in time. It was eye-opening, and I would even say life-changing to do that. And what it did was it helped me to recognise and name the seasons in my life. There were kind of chunks that I could put headings to, things such as seasons of obedience and trust and seeing God's faithfulness in amazing ways, times of questioning, seasons of letting go, rebuilding and being remade, which is the glorious one I seem to be in at the moment. I could see themes and threads in my life that actually astonished me. I was able to identify pivotal moments. I could see crisis of faith. I could see what my response was in those times. And I was able to see the fingerprints of God in every season, even the heartbreaking ones. And yes, we have had some. And also in the times where I thought not much was actually happening. I could see and I could name the traits of God that I experienced as he journeyed with me. Faithful, healer, provider, miracle worker, protector, good, present, loving, trustworthy. But often it was only in hindsight. Dots were connected, discoveries came to life. There were so many aha moments. Stuff from 25 years ago made sense. Growth happened, healing happened. The same happened for everyone I did that journey with, both that formation group and again a year later with a different formation group. It wasn't just a fluke that worked for me. Every single one of us is involved in a constantly unfolding life story and there's no such thing as a boring story, so don't ever tell me you've got a boring story because God faithfully pursues all of us. Frederick Bushner, in his book, Telling Secrets, says this, Maybe nothing is more important than we keep track, you and I, of these stories of who we are and where we've come from, because it is precisely through these stories that God makes himself known to each of us most powerfully and personally. My rich experience of storytelling made me wonder, why don't we tell our stories more? Maybe we've just never been encouraged to even think about doing that. Maybe the thought of being vulnerable just scares us. Perhaps it's because although we know some of our memories will be warm and wonderful, there'll be others that are just painful and they'll be harder to access because they're difficult to manage emotionally. Or maybe we're just too distracted or too busy or we just can't be bothered. But there's stories of Emmanuel, God with us. They're stories of God's grace, him doing in our lives what we can't do ourselves. And they're cool, I have to say that. <laughs> Reflecting, looking back, reviewing helps us to see where God has been with us in the past. And what if seeing that 
changed our perspective? What if that could bring hope in the midst of our new discouragements and our new setbacks? What if that could bring trust in the midst of our struggles and our unknowns? What if it could bring patience in the midst of our trials and our pains? What if that allowed us to enjoy God now? Not just at the end of the journey, but all along the way. What if sharing our stories with others could give them hope that God must also be working in theirs? What if hearing others' stories exposes us to the huge variety of ways that God reveals himself to us and helps us to see and to understand and to accept commonly shared patterns of spiritual formation, which is often that we grow through the hard and messy stuff? What if seeing the reality of God with us changed our lives and helped us to review big picture, our perspective, to see what he sees, the blurriness gone, and to be able to actually trust him with writing our stories. Surprises and challenges and storms will come, you know that. The emergency trips to the hospital, the unknowns, the unexpected, the seasons that are just plain exhausting, even those times where we question our faith. My experience of recognising where Emmanuel has been with me in the past has helped me be able to step into my future with a different kind of confidence and a hope and with the ability to hold things more lightly than I used to and to trust God's plan even when I can't see it or I don't understand it. He sees further than I see. His ways are higher than mine. Isaiah 55 reminds us of that. And I'm actually okay with that now because of what I've seen in the past. Emmanuel, God is with us. Imagine the difference it would make for you if you fully understood that and could comprehend it. Not just here in your head. Head knowledge is good, but it's not enough. But here in your heart, here in the inmost depths of your being, that it's your lived reality every day. The Christmas story reminds us that God's presence shines in unexpected places, in unexpected ways, among ordinary people and ordinary settings. That's us. <laughs> Ruth Haley Barton puts it like this. The fact that Mary and Joseph were an ordinary young couple trying to make the best of a tough situation reminds us that the light of God's presence can shine in the midst of our own dark nights. The fact that ordinary shepherds were among the first witnesses of the greatest story ever told, encourages us to be awake and alert to the good news of Christ's presence in the wilderness places of our lives. And the fact that so much of what took place in the Christmas story was guided through dreams and unusual signs in the sky reminds us that God reveals himself to us in mysterious ways. So we better be paying attention. I want to resource you to be able to help you recognise Emmanuel, God with you, if you still need to grow in that area. It takes more than a day or a week to fully live into the reality of God with us in all aspects of our lives. Probably takes a lifetime, really. <laughs> it takes practice to learn how to recognise it. 
So I have a handout for you which will be given to you at the door on your way out. For those of you at home online, you can find that on our website in our resource section. The first thing I want to put in your hands is a spiritual practice called the examine. It's a Christian practice that helps us to seek God in the ordinary aspects of our everyday lives. It's the consciousness of God with us that David models to us in Psalm 139. And it involves taking a few minutes at the end of each day, going back and reviewing the events of your day and asking God to show you his presence when you may have missed it. So where was he with you through the day? Perhaps we need that more than ever in this topsy-turvy world that we're living in. The second thing I want to leave with you is just some hints on how to look at your life story and how to write it and even share it if you're brave enough to do that. I can't encourage you strongly enough to do that. This was such a pivotal point in my faith journey and I've been in churches all my life. It was just so powerful. And let me say too, if you are a person who's afraid of or avoid reflection because you just don't know where to start, then just ask God to show you what you need to know. Nothing more, nothing less, and then be really gentle with what emerges in that space. The invitation is to take the time to rejoice in God's goodness, to take time to lament what has been difficult, to acknowledge the good times, to acknowledge the less than good times, and to become aware of God in and through and over it all. In Matthew 1.23, we read this. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Will you notice him? I want to pray for you this morning. And I'm going to pray for some specific groups of people. If that's you, if you resonate with what I say, would you indicate that? Not to me, I don't need to know. But just, you know, put your hands out in surrender to God or it might just be whispering, yes, Lord, that's me. He already knows, but it's good for us to verbalise it and to offer it to him. So let's pray. Loving God, give us eyes to see how you move through our lives. Give us a glimpse of how you're present with us. For those who are weary or burdened today, if that's you, would you just indicate that now? God, would you remind them today that you're with them, that you hear their secret sighs, you see their tears, you know their hurts, you understand their sorrows. And God, when they can't put words to their ache, would you hear what they can't say? Would you do what they cannot do? And would you hold them so close to your heart? Would you help them to say yes to your invitation, to draw near to you and to share their burdens with you? Remind them that their difficulties aren't too difficult for you, their challenges aren't too challenging, their struggles aren't too strong. Fill them with hope Give them strength and remind them that nothing, absolutely nothing can separate them from your love. For those who are sitting in the midst of the unknown or sitting with unanswered questions right now, 
If that's you, would you indicate that? Father, would you remind them that in every circumstance they have the same saviour, the one who loves them, the one who knows them, the one whose promises never fail. Help them to take comfort in knowing who you are and that you don't change. Father, help them to continue to hope in you, to walk with you and to be able to trust you beyond the scope of their own perspective. We know you have a higher vantage point. Would you remind them that you are their way maker? And would you give them fresh hope today that you're weaving together things from their past and their present and their future to create something really beautiful? For those who haven't yet noticed your presence in their lives, but they really want to, if that's you, would you indicate that? God, we do believe that their lives are touched by you. Would you give these precious ones the ears to hear you and the eyes to see the tracing of your finger in their lives? Would you quicken their hearts to the move of your spirit? Would you show them what they need to see? And Father, for those who are walking really closely and strongly with you at the moment, help them to keep abiding with you well. There's always new pathways to discover, new revelations, new encounters. Would you take them on a journey of seeing that there's no limit to your love and no limit to the depths they can go? And would you show them new things? Thank you, God, for the reminder today of the richness of Emmanuel, far beyond a random word that we pull out at Christmas time. Thank you for coming into the world you created. Thank you that you did not remain distant, but you say to us, never think I'm distant from you. You've seen us, you've loved us, you know us, you save us, you're renewing us, you're recreating us. So, Lord, we just want to say thanks. We praise you for who you have always been, who you are, and who you will be. Help us to not miss you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.